Let us pray. Our King, we thank you for the morning. Our loving Savior, we thank you for preserving us. Lord, we are grateful and you have gathered us to hear your words. As many as shall hear this morning, we find peace and comfort. We find power to live for you today and to be a blessing to others. We thank you, Lord. We ask for your spirit to abide in our hearts and to come into our lives that it may help that he may help us to understand and to put into practice what we are going to learn today. We thank you for hearing us and we thank you for doing as we have prayed even more in Jesus' name. Amen. Our high calling October twenty nine Energy in the Christian race. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run, that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 24 and 25 in order to render god perfect service we must have clear conceptions of his will this will require us to use only healthful food prepared in a simple manner that the fine nerves of the brain be not injured making it impossible for us to discern the value of the atonement and the priceless worth of the cleansing blood of Christ. If for no higher object than a wreath or perishable crown as a reward of their ambition, men subjected themselves to temperance in all things, how much more should those who profess to be seeking not only an unfading crown of immortal glory, but a life which is to endure as long as the throne of Jehovah and riches that are eternal, honors which are imperishable, and an eternal weight of glory. Will not the inducements presented before those who are running in the Christian race lead them to practice self-denial and temperance in all things? With earnestness and intensity of desire to do the will of God, we should excel the zeal of those who are engaged in any other enterprise to a degree as much greater as the value of the object we are seeking to attain is higher. The treasure we are striving to secure is imperishable, immortal, and all-glorious, while that which the worldliness in pursuit of endures but a day. May it not be our great anxiety to succeed in this world, but may the burden of our souls be, how shall I secure the better world? What have I to do to be saved? The position all must come into is to value salvation dearer than earthly gain, to count everything but loss that they may win Christ. The consecration must be entire. God will admit of no reserve, of no divided sacrifice, no idol. 
all must die to self and to the world. Then let us each renew our consecration to God daily. Everlasting life is worth a lifelong, persevering, untiring effort. Amen. The title of the devotion we have today is Energy in the Christian Race. In summary, what it is telling us is to put all the effort that is possible for us to put into gaining the immortal glory, the eternal life that God has promised that will be given to those who fulfill the conditions that he has already set. A comparison is being made between the way the world puts a lot of energy and practices temperance and self-denial to gain their own worldly pursuits. And the comparison, the comparison is made and we are asked the question, since we are going for an immortal glory, I mean, think about it. Sometimes you need to really settle down to contemplate these things. You are going, what you are gunning for, like I used the word hustle yesterday, what you are hustling for is for a life that endures as long as the life of God in comparison. Equal to the life of God. A glory that surpasses any earthly glory or the glory of anything you have ever seen or heard of in your life. You are gaining, you are gunning and hustling for a prize that is beyond the wildest imaginations of whatever man can give to you on this earth. Let me spell it out to the best that I can. Firstly, the prize God has for us is immortal life, eternal life, living forever and ever and ever. Then in addition to that, in that eternal life, there's going to be no pain, no sorrow, no dying, no, no tears. Coupled with that, there's going to be pleasures forevermore. You are going to be wowed all the time. You are going to be excited and happy and in a joyful state, joyful mood all the time for eternal, for eternal, for eternity. You are going to have these pleasures. You are going to enjoy adventures. You know, today, if anybody is told, let us go to the moon, who wouldn't want to go? But then you will have the ability given to you. You by yourself, you don't need any aircraft, you don't need any plane, you don't need any other equipment that you manufacture. All by yourself, just as birds fly the air and angels move from world to world, you would have the ability to go from one world to another, visiting place to place. You know, it, we talk about part of the things of the flesh today as the lust of the eyes. Many people love to travel and see places and say, I've been here before, I've been there before. Many times they just do it to brag. But there is something in us that really loves to see beauty, that loves to, that enjoys things that resonate with our mind, that looks wonderful. That is going to be given to you and it will not be exhausted. You won't visit and visit and then say, oh, I visited everywhere, there is no other place to visit. The world that God has created is so vast, so wide, so great, that eternity is not enough to explore it. So you will have something to keep you busy all the time. And then you will have your own personal work that you are going to be doing. Like we have been reading in other devotions, you will be crowned. 
everybody will be giving their crown you have your mansions i'm still spelling out all god has to give to us mansion for you jesus said in john 14 verse 1 let not your heart be troubled believe in god believe also in me do you really believe it that in his father's house are many mansions to make it more sure he said if it were not so i would have told you so believe it there are many mansions indeed if it were not so jesus would have told us that there are no mansions but there are many mansions and yours is there mine is there waiting for me with the eye of uh, inspiration we have seen that jesus himself will place this crown on our heads and we are told that we'll be able to go to our mansions and drop them on the shelf and go from place to place as we love to go visiting our friends and being happy to see one another what kind of joy can surpass this one and i've talked about it in past devotions the joy of having to meet jesus himself having to see him and the the place in his hands where the nails pierced through and to see his side where the spear pressed through him having to fall down at his feet and worship him and be so grateful and thankful to the person who has given us all these things then having to see every other person all the patriarchs starting from adam to abel to enoch and methuselah to uh, uh, noah and down to the new testament times and all the other people we've read of before we've only been reading of them but now we'll get to see them eye to eye and then we'll see our guardian angels stories will be told to us then we'll be able to understand how the times when we were here on earth, the things that we consider to be our worst disappointments, they will tell us the story of how it was our greatest blessing. God will then be able to explain to us why things happened the way they happened when we were here on earth. We couldn't understand it, but we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. Stories will be told to you how that time you lost your father, or that time you lost your son, or daughter, or mother, or friend. There was something behind it that was actually a blessing for you which you could not see. That time that that disappointment happened to you, it will be explained to you. And you will be so, I mean, we know we love to hear stories too. We will be so happy to listen to these stories. Angels will sit down and tell us this was what happened. I can go on and on. But for me, all these things I have listed... It's, a, it's going to be a wonderful experience and that's the reason that we are now asked if the world like let me give the ones I can tell of people like Serena Williams Lewis Hamilton Lionel Messi Mike Tyson and old Schwarzenegger all these people and so much more you can go and research and Novak Djokovic is one of them too these people practice self-denial I know the kind of life sportsmen live you see them they are always trim or building the muscles that they need to do the work they want to do they don't eat anyhow and that's why the first paragraph we have here said to us in order to render god perfect service we must have clear conceptions of his will this will require us to use only healthful food prepared in a simple manner that the fine nerves of the brain be not injured, making it possible for us to discern the value of the atonement and the priceless worth of the cleansing blood of Christ. Today in England, many people are pr- practicing the Wenga diet or something where you don't even take alcohol at all. Go and look at the sportsmen. You don't even take alcohol. If you do that, you are fined. 
Why? Because they know that it drops down their capacity and ability to do the work that they are supposed to do. You go to a party a day before your game or even during the week going for parties cancelled. You don't do that as a footballer or as a, as a sportsman. Even, going, even having sex with their wives during World Cups is not allowed. They are not allowed to visit their wives. So the World Cup is choked match after match after match. And they know that during that period, you should deny yourself. Your wives shouldn't come close to you. So that you will not lose strength that you are supposed to use for the game. They eat only the food that they know will give them clear conceptions to do their work on the field and also to build their physical stamina in the best way possible and make them resilient so that they, even if they are hit over and over, they will not be injured or even if they injured, they will recover very quickly. This is the kind of self-denial and even much more, they do a lot of training. This is the kind of self-denial that the world practices just to get what? Some of them don't even win the prize. But yet they continue to do it. Just only one of them wins it. And then we are asked the question. May it, okay, with earnestness and intensity of desire to the will of God, we should exceed the zeal of those who are engaged in any other enterprise to a degree as much greater as the value of the object we are seeking to attain is higher. Will not the inducements presented before those who are running in the Christian race lead them to practice self-denial and temperance in all things? As much as the worldling practices this deep self-denial I've just described, those who are going for a crown that is immortal must practice even more self-denial. We must deny ourselves. And to say deny ourselves, the first thing being referred to here is our diet. And it's not just diet. The time you sleep, you must regulate these things and practice temperance. Do not overwork. Sleep at the right time. All these things you do, the main purpose, is not so that you can live forever on this earth because you can't. The purpose of health reform is to have clear conceptions of the will of God, to keep clear the connection between heaven and earth. That is the purpose of health reform. And I'll just go quickly to explain what this health reform is. Firstly, or not, but not mostly, one of them is your diet. A plant-based diet keeps clear the conception of God's will, keeps clear the connection between heaven and earth. It gives you the ability to control yourself better than a flesh-based diet. And then other articles of diet like tea, coffee, alcohol, monosodium glutamate, that is maggi with flavoring we put in our soups and stews, all those things affect the brain nerves so that you cannot understand clearly the conceptions of God's will or even if you may understand, it reduces your ability to resist temptations. That is what these things do. And when I say flesh-based diets, I'm referring to egg, milk, and uh, the animals, the flesh of the animals itself. But I just want you to know that egg, milk, and fish is included. And then after diet, we are still talking about exercise. You must exercise. And what kind of exercise? Walking is the best exercise. A brisk walk. And while you are walking, you should do it in a place that the environment and the air there is good. So that means you must be also receiving fresh air, good uncorrupted air into your body because the oxygen is what cleanses your blood and cleanses the system. There must be no toxins in the body. 
and then you should rest very well ensure that you are sleeping at the right time and what's the right time two hours before midnight so that your body can be rejuvenated and you have enough strength for the next day to meet the temptations of the day then you should also take water in the right proportion and at the right time you don't take water with your food it disturbs the digestion this is what health reform is about and health reform is also about what enters into your mind i always say that the watching of the movies and listening of listening to music that are cor- corrupted in themselves like i said before if you must allow the spirit of god to dwell in you then you should remove things that are the spirit of the world you should not allow the words words that are spoken as spirit those words that are flowing out of those novels out of those books out of those musics out of those movies and the sights and sounds entering into the mind affects it so that the spirit cannot dwell there you must replace them with godly music not those noisy godly music where they are playing drums and shouting no because even those music those sounds also affect the mind but solemn godly music and fill the mind with the word of god that way you are filling yourself with the spirit that is what it means to be filled with the spirit then the other day we learned that we should make sacrifices the proportion of the sacrifice you make determines how much of the spirit you receive these things we must do in order to get the eternal price i pray that god will help us to put this effort we are told in the last paragraph there that we should not our great aim in this life should not be to get the earthly crown may it not be our anxiety to succeed in this world amen may it not be our anxiety some people are anxious to succeed i talked about that last night what is success joshua chapter 1 verse 8 jesus said this book of the law shall do what shall not depart from thy mouth and thou shalt meditate upon it day and night when you do this you will be prosperous and have good success that is definition of success for the law not to meditate on your um, not to depart from your mouth and from your mind for it to be in your mind day and night that is success and that should be your anxiety my anxiety should be the law of god in my mind go and read psalms 119 and you understand what i'm talking of your anxiety should not be, oh, have I passed that exam? While it is true that in this world, we should try to do the best we can, but don't let that be your primary goal. The way you are worried about exams, are you worried about your righteousness that way? Do you bat an eye when you want to tell a lie? Do you worry that you steal? Do you worry that you cheat? Do you worry that you commit adultery and lust in your mind? Do you worry that you are worshipping other gods? Are you anxious to have only one God in your life? Are you anxious to honor father and mother? Are you anxious that you are not covetous? That should be your anxiety. Even if you are anxious for the things of this world, but you should ensure that that anxiety is never up to, not even close to the anxiety you have when it comes to keeping the commandments of God. Your anxiety should be rather, how shall I secure the better world? What have I to do to be saved? And we know the answer to that question. Keep the commandments. Ask God for his Holy Spirit to give you power to keep the commandments and you will not fail. We will not fail. Whatever our weaknesses, whatever our problems, God will give us the grace. Take heart. Take courage. Wherever you are presently, no matter how down you are in sin, you may be struggling with one bad habit or the other so deep. Do not lose courage. 
Give yourself over to God. Follow the steps he has said you should follow. In faith, do them. In faith. Trusting in him that he said he that said you should do it. Said that when you do it, you get the victory. Just do as he has said. Watch and pray so that you overcome temptation. That's what he says. Then he also said, um, evil communication corrupts the good manner. So cut away from yourself. All the evil communication, the books, the movies, everything. Cut it away. And let's see whether you won't get the victory. After cutting it away, watch and pray. Then replace it. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Replace things with these things with the word of God, with evangelism, sharing with others, with prayer. Do these things in faith. Believing that he who said you should do it and that you get the victory and you will not fall into temptation will give you the power and you won't fall. May God give us the grace so that we will gain this immortal inheritance in Jesus' name. Amen. The last paragraph says the consecration must be entire. God will admit of no reserve, of no divided sacrifice, no idol. All must die to self and to the world then let us each renew our consecration to god daily you see the words we have heard this morning would require a moment by moment decision a daily consecration paul will say i die daily your spirits may be high now and you may be encouraged to fight the battle but god is encouraging us make this consecration every day when you wake up in the morning stand by your bedside or kneel by your bedside and talk to god about what you've had today tell him about the difficulties you know within yourselves we are told to know ourselves we tell him the temptations we feel subject to easily or we are prone to tell him that you need your the holy spirit to be to want to raise a standard against those temptations consecration would mean in our examination of ourselves we we check what are the factors that i have found out that are playing a role in my downfall as a christian and then we resolve to cut them out Consecration would mean what are the friends, what are the articles of food I have I have been told now. Sugar and the rest of them, things that impair judgment. I examine them. As I do my studies, I find out that this thing is not going to help me anyhow. And then consecration will mean for the greater good, for the greater goal of immortality of a life that measures with God, we yield ourselves and say, I will admit no idol. You know, sometimes some articles of food, we are so ravished by it. Just like Esau was ravished by a pod, a pudding rather, of lentils. You see, there are some foods that are very addictive. They may be good in themselves, but somehow some of us are very addicted to them. They make us lose our mind. We may have to deny ourselves some of these things for a time. As to make sure that we have a control of our mind. We are not easily moved. Some people, when they see a bottle of Coke chilled in the fridge, the whole mind goes haywire. That has become an idol. And we have to consecrate ourselves and say, no more. So, my point here is, admit no idol. An idol is anything that will make you to break the commandments of God. 
anything that in in pursuance of it you lose your mind and disobey god is an idol whatever it is could i sports or the fashion of the world or friends or drinks or a life of ease whatever it is that leads you to go against the will of god and you feel that you can't do without it is an idol and we have to let it go and that's where that's the point of our consecration that's the point where we say away with this i'm going for something better i really pray that as we make our efforts every day every day lord will give us the grace and the power to overcome and to be prepared for his kingdom in jesus name amen let me just add again consecration would mean that we devote ourselves to any godly practice that will help us when we understand we are severely tempted you see in the book testimonies volume 2 page 202 paragraph 2 written by Ellen White we are told that if the savior of men with his divine strength felt the need of prayer how much more should feeble sinful mortals feel the necessity of prayer fervent constant prayer now watch this when christ was most fiercely beset by temptation he ate nothing he committed himself to god and through earnest prayer and perfect submission to the will of his father came off the conqueror those who profess the truth for these last days above every other class of professed christians should imitate the great exemplar in prayer notice the self denying principle there when he was most fiercely you know it yourself when your body is jerking with an a habit or an attitude the bible tells that jesus would go into a solitary place in this reading we are told he ate nothing and he committed himself to god the science is so that he can be able to be in charge of his mind he, he needs to be in control and some of us know it when in in fasting you you seem to be uh, limited your words don't run any high again because your mind is now sharper not able to deny to make decisions or discern itself discern the right from the wrong so this is a principle here we can copy also thank you in the book of first corinthians chapter 10 still talking about this race and energy in the race kind of thing that's where paul used this concept of the world and how much they put into getting the earthly crown verse 23 he says all things are lawful for me but all things are not expedient all things are lawful for me but all things edify not let no man seek his own but every man another's wealth that's what he said there in chapter 10 verse 23 and 24 Somebody will be wondering, "Ah, why shouldn't I take sugar? Is it a sin?" All things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. Not all things edify. Sugar and all these other things we listed do not edify. They don't help you. Now, think talking about things that are expedient. These articles of food like we said before, the flesh and the sugar. Look at a child when they take sugar. They become hyperactive. They lose control. That is why Paul said, "I keep my body under the earth articles of food you put into your mouth that makes you lose self-control. A prime example is alcohol and weed. That's marijuana. Look at what it does. To, if you think your food doesn't affect you, just look at alcohol. 
what you eat are chemicals. Those chemicals affect your brain nerves. Alcohol, as it enters into the mouth and into the blood, goes into the brain also and makes the person to lose control of himself. You don't say things you want to say anymore. You can't control the things you are saying. The flesh now gets full control and the spirit loses control. That is just a prime example. But not only alcohol does this. Coffee, sugar, tea, flesh foods also do the same thing to a greater or less degree. When somebody runs riot in eating, what happens to them? It arouses the flesh such that the desires of the flesh become so strong that you cannot control yourself. Look at the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Sorry, 2 Peter chapter 2. Talking about a certain people who behave anyhow, it says in verse 13, that these people shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime. And riot could mean many things. It could mean riot like protest or also eating anyhow. And it goes on to say, sports they are blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they do what? While they feast with you. What is the result? 14. Having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls, and heart they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children. If another potent example of diet and behavior in the Bible is found in the book of Ezekiel. Many of us don't know what made Sodom and Gomorrah become what they were. You look at them and you say, oh, this gay, as in people who practice all kinds of sexual things, children, sleeping with children, as in going as far as even having bestiality and uh, men with men, women with women, every form of sexual practice, masturbation, they did it all. But what was it that cost it? Ezekiel 16 verse 49 says, Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom, pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. Pride. Then what was the next thing there? Check other versions. Gluttony, that's what it was. Fullness of bread, eating a lot. And having too much to eat. When it says bread there, it doesn't mean just bread. Bread is the word used for food generally. Fullness of bread, having too much to eat. And then idleness. That is the formula for becoming Sodom and Gomorrah. Have everything you could wish, convenience, added with food that stimulates the flesh, and then couple that with no work to do, idleness. Formula to become like Sodom and Gomorrah. Go and research it everywhere. There are so many documentaries that are done on these things. Documentaries on diet and the mind, diet and your physical capacity, diet and recovery from disease, diet and your spiritual capacity. One of the documentaries, What the Health, is the title, What the Health. Another one is Hope, What You Eat Matters. That's another one. Another one you can also look at is uh, Vegan 2019. Although that one, I do not really recommend that one. But game changers that was for sports anyway eating third edition you can look for that one eating it's to the full documentary titled eating third edition then there's one again done recently titled food choices food choices documentary i think there was another one done recently by dutch wilder 
Okay, the documentary by DW, the German station, is titled Better Brain Health. You can check it on YouTube. Better, better Brain Health. We are what we eat. Of course, I know in that documentary they still mention something like the Mediterranean diet, which includes fish, but no, fish too doesn't give you better brain health. It doesn't. So in case you want to watch that, I know they talked about that, but no, it doesn't give you better brain health. It contains mercury and many other hard metals that when you eat that fish, it, ha- it also contains not just hard metals, but lots of poisons in them and uh, contagions that will not do you any good. Now, in the book of Galatians chapter 5, I want to explain why this issue of fasting and also every other thing we're talking about is, in, is important. We have to understand that after the fall of man, something happens to us. Galatians 5, reading from verse 17, says, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit. That means it's, it's, it, it fights against the spirit. And the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. That is, the law will not condemn you because you will keep the law. The flesh and the Spirit, two of them contrary to one another. You should admit and understand that our flesh is always craving for things that are sinful. Apart from the fact that it craves for things that are not good for it, like even food, or other amusements that are not good for it, like the bad music and all. It, it doesn't have any good thing. It, it That's why Paul said in uh, Romans 7, I don't know the exact verse now, maybe verse 18 or something. He says, For I know that in me dwelleth no good thing. So if you are following the desires of your flesh, you are just going wrong. Oh, I love to eat this. I love to eat that. Oh, vegetables doesn't taste nice. Uh, the good food doesn't taste nice that we're recommending. If you are following that direction, you are going against the spirit because naturally we don't like things of the spirit. Naturally, we love the things of the flesh. And you must keep your body under. And that's why in 1 Corinthians 9 verse 25, Paul said, Every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we are incorruptible. Verse 26 now. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beat the air, but I keep under my body and bring it, that is the flesh, bring the flesh into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be cast away. Wow. May God not help us, to make us to be cast away. That is, Paul is saying he puts his flesh under control to ensure that it does not make him do what he does not want to do. And if the spirit must strive against the flesh, you must feed the spirit and starve the flesh. What do we mean by starving the flesh? That is, do things that will not arouse the flesh to do the things it wants to do. In the book of uh, Romans, I don't know, where is that now? Romans 13 verse 14 says, But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts thereof. Remember that this flesh lost against the spirit. That means the, 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 the things, the desires that the flesh desires is contrary to what the, the spirit desires. That is what it means, the lust against the spirit. Now here, Paul is telling us, do not make provision for the flesh to fulfill that lust that it has in itself. That is desires. Because when the flesh is fulfilling the desire, what is happening to the spirit? 
is is starving and its own desire is not being fulfilled but when the spirit is fulfilling its own its own desires what is happening to the flesh it's starving and that's why this health reform comes into picture if the spirit if you must walk in the spirit so that you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh that means you must do the desires of the spirit you must do things to yourself that brings that makes the holy spirit to dwell in you more why do you think the book of daniel 1 is written go and read the book of daniel 1 what purpose does that chapter stay in the bible for it is there to make us understand that if you must have if you must be filled with the spirit of the gods like daniel was called a man filled with the spirit of the gods excellent spirit what was the beginning of daniel's story in the book of daniel 4 verse 9 speaking to daniel nebuchadnezzar said oh belteshazzar because he called daniel belteshazzar he called him master of the magicians because i know that the spirit of the holy gods is in thee and no secret troubleth thee also in the book of daniel chapter 5 after nebuchadnezzar's death here now his wife or i think his wife was still alive or so she was the one who then told the grandson of nebuchadnezzar about a man she said to him there is a man 5 verse 11 there is a man in thy kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy gods and in the days of thy father light and understanding and wisdom like the wisdom of the gods was found in him whom the king nebuchadnezzar thy father the king i see thy father made master of the magicians astrologers chaldeans and soothsayers for as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding interpreting of dreams and showing of hard sentences and dissolving of doubts were found in the same daniel whom the king named belteshazzar what was it that made daniel like this daniel chapter 1 reading from verse 8 but daniel proposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat nor with the wine which he drank therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself and what did he request to eat in verse 12 he said prove thy servants i beseech thee ten days and let them give us pots or vegetables to eat because that's plant-based diet and water to drink no wine no flesh this was what made daniel who he was of course in addition to every other precept of the bible he was practicing but what i'm saying is that this gave him an edge and made his mind clear daniel chose to have a plant-based diet no flesh entered his mouth some people say oh the reason why he he did not eat the food was because it was sacrificed to idols it's a lie that's not the reason he refused to eat it the reason daniel refused to eat the food is because naturally he does not take flesh foods him shadrach meshach and abednego and look at the results the book of daniel 1 was written there for those who have a sense to think and can trace from cause to effect to understand that if you must achieve that holiness and excellence of daniel you also should practice what daniel practiced daniel's life and story is like a type of the end time he was living in babylon just as we are living now the spiritual babylon and during this end time when the world is going to be plunged to bow to the image of the beast the people who are going to overcome are people who will live that life of daniel the sanctified life we are told to cleanse ourselves of all filthiness of not just the spirit but also the 
flesh. If you must cleanse yourself of all filthiness of your flesh, that means you must eat things that will make sure that it's not living microbacterias that are dangerous and toxins inside your body. The plant-based diet does that. It cleanses your blood, cleanses your system physically and also spiritually prepares you to receive messages from God and to have the indwelling spirit. May God give us understanding of these things and give us ability to put it in practice in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father, we thank you for your words this morning. Your love is better than life, thy word have said. And there are great things in store for us, even from this earth down up to when we get to heaven. There are many things in which you are prepared for the righteous. Things that will overwhelm him every day and every time, if we will give ourselves to you. The reason, Lord, we do not see many victories. The reason, Lord, we it's as if the Christian, the Christian race is something too tiring and something too boring is because we have not yet given ourselves wholly to you. We want you, Lord, to give us the kind of spirit that the men of old had, that no matter their condition in society, they were so pleased and so honored to have you in their life. We want you, Lord, to give us that zeal that they had, that made them not to give up on you because they knew what they were tasting from you. Indeed, Help us, O Lord, to experience that which which is written, taste and see that the Lord is good. O Father, we have not yet known thee as we ought. Please open our eyes that we may see. Open our tongues that we may speak. And touch our hearts that we may understand and receive that which you are giving to us. Lord, we need a double portion of your spirit today. And as we go forth, Lord, we shall experience you fighting our battles for us. That you shall help us overcome every every deceitful lust and every every fleshly desire that we want to turn us away from the from your commandments. We pray also that wherein we have erred before, Lord, wherein we have gone astray, wherein we have chased the world more than you, more than chasing after the prize in Christ Jesus, forgive us, Lord, and give give us a new direction today. Lord, those who are careless. Help them, Lord, to be careful. Those who uh, who do who do not bring their body under and who lack um, who lack power to subject their body, Lord, please, I pray in your name. Since self-control comes from you, give us temperance today. Give us self-control today. And Lord, the conditions and situations that will call forth all these properties in us today, that that so that we can exercise these God-given properties. We ask, O oh Lord, that we may discern that there are opportunities for us to stand firm for you, and opportunities for us to be trained for service. Lord, we we'll thank you. There are many more things, Lord, we want to ask. We want you to lead us out and bring us in safely today. We also want you to help us take care of the country, Lord, that we may live a godly and quiet life. And also hold the four winds of strife from human passion all around the globe, from America down to every part of the world that your servants may run to and fro with the message. Help us to use every channel that we have today to witness to one soul or the other. Give us words to speak in due season to one who is weary. And may our words, O Lord, be your own words and not ours. We thank you for hearing us. Lord, do more than we have asked. 
We thank you for giving us the gift of Jesus. May his name be exalted in our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen.